Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks. It's season 12, y'all. We have taken quite a break before getting back to the Marvel Hacks. We are on the road to the sins of Sinister. We'll get to that in a moment. On the line, it's uh, Brother Beaver. So what's happening, man? What's up, season 12? It's back yeah, in, no, it's, back, it's been a while for comics, right? It's It's been a while, yeah. And we... And I'll kind of get into that here in a second. You know, we took a we had started a new comic book series under the impression that we were going to get through the Thunderbolts and kind of lead right up into the Thunderbolts movie. But the Thunderbolts movie is now like not until like 2024. So we could have read every Thunderbolt series back forth and all the reboots by the time that that movie got around. So we kind of cut that there, been focusing a little bit on wrestling and those types of issues. I and think as we got into Thunderbolts a, too, it was like it's fine. Like it just, yeah. There was like less, yeah. less like <laughs> this isn't especially good or especially bad. It's like it's yeah, very it's, different from a lot of other things. But it, yeah, it it wasn't ev- as evocative as some of the uh, <laughs> books we've read. Let's say, yeah, it, and it definitely was. You know, giving like late nineties, early two thousand comics there too. Not necessarily a bad thing. It just was very very every issue was very similar. Probably you because just, of the team. You just said it was giving nineties. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I and I, I know what and I know what that means, which is even, hey, that's good. So. Yeah. <laughs> side uh side brother topic. Uh on Twitter or whatever, uh Stan Van Gunny, former coach of the Knicks and the other teams, he Blah, blah, blah. He was like, man, why are all these NBA players getting hurt? You know, they got the best trainers. They got this, you know, they're spread the games around. Like, what's going on? And Kevin Durant tweeted back to him. He's like, Stan is spitting. And then Stan was like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm telling you, Kevin, I don't know what's going on or whatever. And people was like, no, Stan, that means he agrees with you. <laughs> he was like, oh, I had no idea. Oh my God. I was, I was on the floor. He <laughs> spent all this time with all these black dudes. And he was like, not a clue about what was happening anyway. So yeah, so there's a new X-Men series going on and we're kind of going to talk about how we fell off the X-Men. So if you go back <laughs> to the archives and if you want to hear us, go just all in balls deep go back and listen to our house of x and power of x recaps we were fully back on board love the books love the new direction that hickman was taking it in it seemed like it was a singular focus especially during those house of x and power of x books but then that part ended and then they rolled out the books that were completely unrelated or not completely unrelated, but very loosely related to the books that we read for those like six months. Right. Exactly. Uh, it was just like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting now in retrospect, like the, the house and power series in and of themselves, like their, the continuity was incredibly confusing because there was like three plot lines, three timelines going like weaved in and out. So it's not like, any of that was a linear story, but it seems like, you know, it was all at least in service of setting up the new world order, which was Krakoa and, and mutants and, and the, everything else. But then after that, it was just like, so incredibly disjoint and like yeah. series came and go. And like, you would, you would pick up an issue two and like issue three, you'd be like, wait, what? This is like a completely different cast, completely different yeah. story. And it was just like, it was frustrating because they would put it out like, okay, here's the sequence of books coming out. I was like, oh, that's yeah. just the release schedule. There's no plot. Like yeah. it became impossible to follow. 
And I think and what it, we found out in retrospect is like, it was just, they set up a playground and everybody was like, oh, great, let's go. We just, just like bombed everything into yeah. it. And then periodically they'll, they'll round it up and tell a new story. And that's what these special mm-hmm. events are become. It's, it's almost like, oh no, this is what we were trying to get to, but there's just, there's all this other stuff over here if you need that. And and House of X and Power X had two major problems. One, uncontrollable, and two, probably a little bit controllable. One, after it was over, like you said, they opened up the playground, had different writers that were playing in the same playground, and then Hickman was only, he, he was still overseeing it, but he wasn't writing the whole thing like he did with House and Power. Yeah. And that became an issue. And then two, when and I don't think he was Kevin Feige overseeing it. I think he no. was like, yeah, yeah. very hands off. Um, and then two, once you get out of House and Power, okay, everything's, you know, all right, we're hype. Then you get these books. Like, well, there was a couple of them that were good. The Marauders was good. The other X-Men books was kind of the regular X-Men book was kind of okay. You know, we could deal with that. But then there were just those weird ones that were out there too. And then the pandemic came Hmm. and books didn't ship for a while. And once they did come back, they went straight into a freaking, how many issues was freaking Exosaurus? It was 22 issue, a 22 issue crossover. I tried that. Um, Do not recommend. Zero stars. Uh, Don't try it it's just too much it it was it was bringing like all of this back in you got another island and all this the 12 thirds of it it was a mess and i was like you know what i think i'm out again on the x-men and i was yeah this whole bailed completely iraco business and all the monochromatic hickman-esque characters and no iraco is mars yeah there that like yeah i don't I don't know what that is. It killed it. And so behind the scenes in the comic book thing, it, it, it felt like, or it felt like that Marvel got, you know, like, Hey, what's going on with these books? They're kind of weird. We need to do something about that. And he was like, well, you're going to do it. Then I'm out. And so Hickman does, I think what was, it was the sequel. Cause we, we ended his Hickman run. What was that on? Uh, it, Oh my gosh. It, it, it was the retelling of some other story. Inferno part two. Mm. That's what ended it. Yes. They ended the Moira saga. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, re- we read those books and it was fine enough to, you know, kind of kind of kill it, I guess. But then that was it for us. Like we would been out. I haven't read an X book. I'd, I'd heard of them. You know, I still use things online or whatever, but I hadn't picked up another X book. But following along from there. So you get Hickman, Le- Hickman leaves. And then you get these all these other new writers on the X-Men books. They start new X-Men books again that rebooted again, if you could believe it. And then I have a huge crossover event with X-Men, the Eternals synergy and um, the Avengers, some sort of crossover called Judgment Day. I said to you and the group chat, I was like, go read that wiki. And if you can figure that shit out, what happened in that with all them characters you are a better man than me. There was just not a chance in hell I could have sat through that. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I mean, I guess they think they did something good in like AVX. And then that's been like, all right, well, who else can the X-Men fight? And it's just, been, <laughs> yeah, it's just, been, 
I mean, what I got from it was it was some ex- Eternals bullshit about the Celestials mm-hmm. judging people, and there was some like everybody was under some psychic judgment, and the parts that showed up in Immortal was they they turned the resurrection protocols on Captain America so they could like basically sacrifice him to great to get sentiment like back and it was just and then i guess everybody was fine but they thought the earth was going to be destroyed yeah i didn't i don't know but mess but yeah i mean that's that's the thing is like it's not like the tie-ins are ever like this is happening and then here's this side story this pocket story on the side it's like no no you really have to like stitch all this together (laughs) to have any idea what's going on it's like yeah it's Mm, Where, where's yeah. my as seen in invincible iron man number yeah. two true believer oh like yeah. where somebody needs to like tell me what i missed because i gotta it's go use the internet to figure out what book goes to what nah, nah i'm good exactly so yeah and now the eternals are the the new inhumans uh because they're getting pushed wrestling term fuck hulk hogan and they're like the new people now. So they pushed them through there when that movie was coming out. Again, it's making all the same mistakes that made us quit reading X-Men books to begin with. A gazillion books, not a real unified story. Everything's kind of all over the place, pushing you know mutants that nobody cares about. It's the exact same crap. So we bailed. We even tried to Thunderbolt, y'all. Hmm. And that didn't work. But we bailed. And so now there's this new series here coming out. It's The Sins of Sinister. Looking like it's going to kind of not necessarily wrap up the Krakoan era, but to kind of, you know, another soft reboot here. So we're going to jump back in. We're going to do a couple of the preview books tonight that are leading to the like Sins of Senator, Sins of Sinister Alpha book that's going to explain something. And then we'll go through the books kind of periodically as we go through this um, this mini series to see what's going to happen. Uh, so. It's a crossover that's firmly in the X books, though. Like it's not crossing over into. Do the Eternals even have a monthly book? I would imagine they do at this point, but yeah. it's not going to be one of those things strictly in the X universe. All right, so here we go, y'all. So if you're watching on YouTube, I have like a couple of slides up that you'll be able to see, but mostly I, uh, I just I did this primarily for like the second slide. <laughs> so if you see there, it's on the cover. There we got what's our our it's. Uh, Kieran Gillen, Bandini, and Curiel is on the inks or whatever. That's a pretty cool cover, though. And when you get yeah. into this book, you'll kind of see why they have it kind of stationed that way. All right. So it's Immortal interesting, X- too. Like, um, the it's a new team, but the art looks a lot like, you know, the the Power of X House of X team. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost like the new Marvel style. Right. It's uh, yeah. like, like clean and regular, but sort of the scratchy inking. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, uh, no, I like it. The art in this book is great. It's not necessarily so much in nine, but, um, so yeah, we're going to be focused on the immortal has been focused on the quiet council of Krakoa. And we'll talk more about that in issue number nine. And it's funny um, if I could jump in again, like just how much of those books, cause I, I started right over. It's like, they're all set around that 12 seat table. <laughs> like every <laughs> like they were like, we don't have any money for sets y'all. It's all yeah. gonna have to be here at the council. <laughs> uh, what's, the, what's that thing? It's a bottle episode, y'all. Yeah, we're not moving anywhere. <laughs> we're staying straight here. Oh my gosh! So, all right. So let's go to slide number two. Uh, no, it's not the slide I want. You're like, Gosh, Barry, you're at the way in. 
Why am I at the end? Because oh you don't God. know how technology Oh, works. no, because I do, and this stupid thing doesn't work the way it's supposed to. We're, uh, StreamYard, we got some issues, y'all. I'm assuming that's what you were shooting for. No, it wasn't. Hmm. Interesting. No, that was definitely not it. I think it was slide two. There it is. Okay. That's quite the beefcake shot, y'all. Look, of course it changed. Son of a bitch. All right. So, yeah. So, this book opens up where we have this explained relationship between Mystique and Destiny. And it's been kind of alluded to, and it was definitely alluded to in Inferno Part 2, where, you know, a whole portion of this was that at Magneto and Xavier did not want to bring Destiny back for the fear of what would actually happen when she came back. For Moria's and fear so, of what would happen yes, if she came yes, back. Yes, because they had burnt Moria to a freaking crisp in one of her previous lives because of the, her shenanigans of, you know, basically becoming a, a mutant-hating mutant. And so over this time, they've kind of revealed that they've had this long-term relationship. You know, a little bit of retcon wasn't necessarily alluded to in the books that we were reading in like the 80s, but has definitely become a thing here now as they're a, a full-on couple. And they've been a full-on couple for hundreds of years now as we start to go through this book. So we're back in 1943, um, New Mexico, uh, as uh, Mystique narrates the curiosity of their relationship and she sneaks into this military facility. And there's this, like I said, this beefcake shot. Um, one of the best ones you'll see in comics. That's a, that's a <laughs> solid one, Brother Beef. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, you know, a period piece, obviously, but this is, you know, the classic, the classic, uh, classic of that era for sure. Yeah, she's with us at the we can all do it together lady was flexing her muscles. I think that's maybe where that is. Rosie the Riveter. That's it. So, um, yeah, so the beefcake shot, she dispatches the guards and continue on until she finds Destiny. And then Destiny's there and she explains to her that she's working with this guy that's experimenting on mutant children. And she tells her, you know, to leave. You know, and but Destiny and Mystique wants this explanation about what's actually happening. And so basically what this is, is that Destiny in 1943 was working with this doctor, which is uh, Nathan Milbury, which is sinister. And he was working on these children and gathering all this information. It was saying he was leaving his he's leaving his seed, son. Mm. Um, he was leaving his seed in like certain families. Uh, that he thought were going to be important later on, hiding his DNA. So help me out here. So it says uh, he's been hiding his DNA in certain families. The Sullivan family? Who are the Sullivans? Well, that's me. Kevin Sullivan. He was big in Florida Championship Wrestling. <laughs> uh, I think a mutant Sullivan. Do we got any mutant Sullivans? No, I mean, let me let me Google it, but it doesn't, like, I don't know who that would be. Yeah, so he's leaving his seed in the in the Xavier family, and the Marco family, and then there's the Riking family. Also, Riking? not familiar. Yeah, Lieutenant so Lemuel Sullivan became leader of X for this. So that oh, this is some like modern era bullshit. Okay, I got you. Right, what about Riking? R Y K I N G. His hopes is that he's going to take over their bodies when he die when they die, but it obviously doesn't work. And 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 she alludes to a bald psychic uh, is going to thwart him at every one of his shenanigans. You know, obviously, you know, alluding that to being Xavier. 
And, you know, Mystique is trying to figure this out. It's just like all this time that we've been knowing and about Sinister and working with Sinister, I, you know, he should have been dead already. And she wonders how he actually cheated death. Mm-hmm. And so the book uh, goes even further backward to 1845 London on some Sir- Sherlock Holmes shit where Mystique is essentially Sherlock Holmes and she's investigating, which would be what are those murders of late uh, ladies of the night back in that day? That would be the uh, the Jack the Ripper, the Jack murders the Ripper. of the Rue Morgue. Yeah, that's it. And so there's this like Jack the Ripper type situation where a bunch of people got killed and only one person survived. And that person is Nathaniel Essex. Uh, he was beaten up to a pulp, but he survived the attack where six other people died. They they, they call it the Saucy Jack murders. Uh, so, mm. yeah. <laughs> so they go to meet Sinister, Essex rather. Um, he, he alludes to, you know, I'm just here alone with my work. If my wife, you know, if my wife died, he was like, I'm glad she did because now I can work more. That was rough. Um, and he's working on what he calls his Essex factors. Uh, my you know, Essex, where he's my seeds, son. Yeah, it's his seeds. It's corny. Uh, and, you know, basically, you know, he's been working on trying to find like other people that are, you know, kind of special like him. And, you know, they think that he might have something to do with the murder, so they're not really sure. Mystique goes out dressed like a hooker so she could get uh, attacked, and she does. And when she does get attacked, and she traces, you know, back to, or she doesn't get attacked, somebody gets attacked near her, and it traces back to this scene where we actually get a chance to see the full on Mr. Sinister, if my slide would ever change. And it's really on some werewolf by night shit, uh, <laughs> Yeah, or some, it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. So is he a mutant or did he make himself a mutant or what? I think that was there. the other thing. With it. Okay, all right. We're getting I'll, there. I'll stand by then. So, yeah, so uh, Sanderster takes off. She follows behind. Mystique is there as well. And then, you know, he transforms back into, you know, little Dr. Nathaniel Essex. And he starts to explain the story about how... Um, he says, I should have never trusted that Egyptian. Pop and you know that. Yeah. And so, you know, that uh, the Egyptian gave him many special gifts. So I, I know it's not necessarily clear that he is actually a mutant, uh, that it is alluded to literally that Apocalypse gives him his powers, but he's not able to necessarily control those powers at this point. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And so, like, with his powers, he sees a future, and this is what he's been working for. He's like, I see a future where man is fighting man, and then eventually man, the machines are going to turn on men, and all of my Essex Factor people are (laughs) going to need to join together to defeat, essentially, the machines. And, um, you know, people, it'll be between people like us and people that don't look like us. And so they're like, uh, you're crazy. So they take him off to the mental hospital. Um, You know, they're like, well, you're going to either die here or you get out when you'll be a better man. But then he dies and um, they go back there to pick up his body and it's gone. And they're like, I'm not really quite sure how that happened. 
And they're like, how, the story is, how did he wind up cheating death all these times? Like, we're not really sure what it was. And then we get this final shot where Destiny goes into one of his, you know, behind the bookcase, bookcase of one of his, you know, into one of his labs and sees all these empty vats of, you know, which could have been clone things. And they all have like uh, card things on them, like hearts, clubs, diamond, yeah. like that. And that's yeah, that's kind that. Of- yeah, that's the that was kind of the the new nugget that we put in is like this wasn't just a random diamond, but there's this whole concept. And then I don't know if mm. the sins of sinister get into it, but this Doctor Stasis, which was the the sinister with the club, was one of the villains working with Ocris or whatever Orcus. Oh, okay, um, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, and they haven't revealed the heart or the spade. What it, what is the term like when? dudes like cultivate younger people for sex crimes what is that term because it sounds like what apocalypse did for sinister uh, he groomed him groomed him it sounds like apocalypse groomed sinister this is what we're dealing with here apocalypse showing up on registries can't live 100 feet from schools yeah it's fucked up um <laughs> uh so yeah that's issue eight Okay, so I said at the beginning that it, it, it jumps into this thing where they're completely different issues. So, you know, Brother Beavis is going to be able to jump back in for issue nine. We still got Kieran Gillian as the writer here, but the, the art completely changes. And so my slides or my notes says totally different tone from issue eight. And it's basically just pure craziness mm-hmm. because this is basically sinister. And again, we'll get into it here in a second. But um, it's like a normal day at the Quiet Council recapping the events of judgment day you know people is kind of happy shaw is day drinking uh you know that's fun and you know everybody's on the council just kind of shooting the shit magneto's dead and we know why that happened anybody got that? so but if you actually if you follow the series up to this point the the relationship between um destiny and and sinister is played out a little bit and you know you get the flavor of exactly why uh, because i think up to this prior to this it's been revealed i think that sinister has been cloning moira and um experimenting with her power what's not i guess like he can essentially impart other people's mutant powers into himself and he's he's you know he's he like there's a part of the dialogue where he's like you know, she had 10 tries of it before this burned out. Well, that she's clearly a bad scientist. You need more chances than that. So he's oh. got, he, so he basically, he's getting 10 tries off of each of her tries and trying, and he's mm. like, I think judgment day essentially was created in a reality that was spawned by one of his manipulations of the timeline okay. through Mora. And so that's one of the things that like, he's like, I, I I I got to do this because I don't want to do Judgment Day again. So there's mm-hmm. there is backstory in the 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 main Immortal series, and you do get a sense of why, like because Destiny can see all these potential timelines, how she would be like an obstacle to somebody who is trying to manipulate Moria's power to sort of dictate a future. And so there, it's not completely cold. But you could not go from episode eight to episode nine <laughs> yeah. and have any idea what's going on. Exactly. And that's where, again, like, all right, well, we're going to do this jumping in point here for us. It ro- requires a lot of back reading and wikiing to try mm-hmm. to figure out what the hell is going on. Because yep. 
everything's all over the place. And again, it's a mistake of, you know, previous decades comics where a new reader and we're not, I wouldn't call us new readers, but we're jumping back in readers. You, you, you got what in the world? It takes forever to try to figure out the continuity. And I think, and you said the word, like, I think there's a perception that continuity is a bad thing because, you know, they were like, well, I don't want to have to worry about if I tell, if I just jump in a book and I tell the incredible Hulk stories that I want to tell, I don't want to have to worry about the fact that Stingray was in episode 181 and they already had a prior encounter with, you know, the, so the aquatic, whatever the, you know, the hydro man, whatever, like, it's mm-hmm. just, I want to, I don't want to ignore all that, do all my book in this self-contained story. Okay. Right. That's, that's okay. Fine. But I think that mentality led to this idea that, oh, the, that continuity is holding us back, but mm-hmm. continuity in terms of like, I want to buy a manageable set of books and right. be able to finish the story without having to find thread after thread after thread. Yeah. It, at a certain point, you gotta, you have to help us re- figure out. You, you have to help us figure out how to read these things. Yeah, to put it in video game terms. A lot of this shit is side missions, man. I need to be mm-hmm. on the main yeah. story. Yeah, I right. need the main story. I don't need all that them other freaking side missions. You know, trying to do other stuff. Like, just get me to point A to point B. I want to read like six to eight books. And you can allude back to all that other stuff. Well, you know, this thing happened in that particular book, but it shouldn't affect the main story. Yeah. And that's kind of like where this is. Uh, let's shout out the Quiet Council. Go ahead. Because the other main thread is in a in some book we didn't read, Magneto <laughs> and Storm, I guess it's X-Men Red, are, are the principles on Arakos slash Mars. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they had to either cut themselves off or take a pledge not to be resurrected so magneto has left the quiet council and has subsequently been killed and he's been replaced by hope and i think um i can't remember exactly the sequence of events but somewhere between exodus and sinister uh influenced the whole scenario to get hope on the quiet council and she's she's the principal representative of the five Uh, who are behind the resurrection protocol and so when he comes back he's trying to kill hope to disrupt the resurrection protocol and to do that exodus who we look he's been around since (laughs) since when we were still reading and i still have no idea what he's about but he's some faith-based mutant with ultimate powers that are basically energy blasts like from a michael bay movie that Mm -hmm. make no sense so yeah uh yeah he's all about jesus and Mm -hmm. it it, it is alluded here that him and hope is fucking well that's how i got that I don't know if they said that but he regards her as the messiah and he's essentially the ultimate acolyte so okay. he's 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 hitched his wagon to anybody else i think he he might have got groomed by apocalypse as well um <laughs> but uh he's like he's always been in a rush to hold somebody up and he's currently holding hope up as their new messiah so yeah so we're gonna shout out the whole quiet council we got Essentially, all of them: Kate Pride, uh, Shaw, the White Cream, Destiny, Mystique, Colossus. One of these dudes is not like the other, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have no idea why Colossus is a quiet well, castle. No, they put him on there. Be- I can't remember who he replaced, but they basically put him on there because he's the bitch that he is. And mm. if anybody wanted to refute that, they should have been on here tonight. So. <laughs> 
noted. Uh, Storm, Nightcrawler. Also, oh no, he people. took Cyclops's place. I think because Cyclops yeah. was like, "I'm not a polit- I want to go fight." And actually, they sell Cyclops pretty hard in these books. Okay, because um, they're like, "Hey, if we need a plan, if we need something done, let's go see what yeah. Scott has in mind." Scott's always yeah. got it figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, he, he might have taken Cyclops' position, and uh, they basically put him on there because he's a bitch, and everybody knows it. <laughs> Nightcrawler, Xavier, Hope Summers, and Exodus. That is your quiet council. This book, as you alluded to, is sinister using the Moira clones that he's mastered of being able to, you know, whatever, to, to her multiple timelines to be able to go back to try and kill primarily Hope to disrupt the, the five and the resurrection protocols. And so, you know, essentially making it the inability for the mutants to be immortal. Yeah. And it's um, unclear what, what he's trying to bring up. It's unclear to me, at least I, I right. might just not have paid attention. Well, like what he's trying to bring out, or if he, in the same way that Mora did found out there is no end game. That's good for whoever has this power. And right. for whatever reason, he's decided that, hope is the key to that right now so mm-hmm. but i you know this senator sinister is much more like an as he's been portrayed in this whole sequence is much more of an agent of chaos mm-hmm. yeah this is yes that's exactly and this is not um this is not dr stasis they allude to dr stasis but that must have been a previous version of sinister that was in a, a pre another book this is yeah a, a prime sinister i guess yeah so <laughs> um, all i got all i got from that is he was there was an iteration of a of sinister that worked and it was the club clone and he worked with the orcus organization which is the humans who are being duped by the ai like what the thing that we've come to is like uh the the con the the contest is between ai and the mutants Mm. and the humans sought ai as a as a vehicle uh, to combat the mutants, but they are they are in no way a player in any sort of long lifetime. It's either mutant supremacy or AI. And in for for anyone who has any grim, glimpse of the future, each side is convinced that the other is gained supremacy. <laughs> right. Because we've seen when we get the few glances from the Orcus side or whatever their name is, I don't even know. Yeah, it's they're, they they're like, oh no, we have to keep fighting because in our future the mutants win. Mm-hmm. which is the opposite of the story that the mutants are telling. So there's a sort of like, even though it's always fr- from, uh, from what we see the mutants, it's always portrayed as this, this unwinnable battle from the side of the story. We're not seeing it's the exact opposite. So kind of interesting in that regard, but yeah. So Dr. Stasis is the club clone of sinister who sided with the AI developing humans for whatever reason. Yeah. And then, he comes to this quiet council with the hope of killing hope and destiny kind of keeps sniffing it out mm-hmm. like his plan. And, and so he's keeps coming back or keeps going back through essentially 10 versions here, trying to find another remedy for this. And, you know, and Kitty winds up saying the same thing, like essentially like what's going on here, you know? And, you know, it, it's essentially like you just get all these crazy, like explosions. Like, I mean, again, you just saw book eight, nine is just like completely off the charts it's like no real i mean there's storytelling but it's just rawr 
kabooms and all of these things where he's trying to kill them they keep reacting to it he keeps failing and he keeps going back to try it over and over again i'm like what in the world is going on here and you see brains and blood in kitty's hair pretty much every like two pages this is yeah. i mean it's nuts yeah yeah it's it it's like uh it's like there's just like 90 there's 10 pages worth of like just craziness and then I actually had to consult what, what one of these pages that we got to pay for mm, yeah, to like keep track of all the you know the ten iterations. <laughs> yes, but that's where it comes back to this like you know her her magic. So there's a line in here somewhere where he talks about like cloning is generally reliable. When we talk about cloning mutant powers, then it starts to break down after a while, and so that mm. supports like Moira had these how Moira X what was her tenth life right, and and that was her last mm -hmm. one. And he can only like propagate each one of these lives 10 times. So he's on like Moira six, take 10. Mm. He's, he's trying to take down the, 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 the quiet council. Right. And again, we'll kind of allude to it in the next issue as well. Okay. So like, how is he, was he behind Moira X gene? like and starting this path towards Krakoa well that's the it's kind of the implication but I can't verify it I mean I, I think so chicken and egg I don't think so because I think okay. Moira I think is the start but remember the the reason they have sinister is because he may he from his previous villainous activities has the dna repository of all these villains mm -hmm. and so once they've actually res once they've worked back and resurrected all the dead mutants they don't necessarily need his dna repository anymore that's right yeah and so they we come to find there there's he's like a reluctant inclusion in their empire and they've you know they've treated him as you know we're all on the same side where that's clearly not the case right. so i think he wasn't necessarily behind the whole thing but I think probably immediately, you know, in the same way that I like he pro almost certainly had to figure out that Moira was present and, and be present and behind much of this uh, faster than the White Queen and any others who got involved in this right. um, and then hatched his own plans. So I think that's the implication. Um, by the time uh, Mystique starts her business where. Like she goes to him to get Destiny's DNA. The sense you get is that he already kind of understands and is is perfectly fine with that and setting that up. So I think yeah. it's somewhere between Mystique's play to oust Moira and and resurrect Destiny, and after the the establishment of Krakoa in general is when you know he starts to lay the groundwork for this. Is my guess, but again, because you can't put the whole story together. <laughs> without having every page that Marvel has put out, it's kind of hard to be sure. And so on one of these final attempts, he finally does get a chance to get hope. You know, he gives uh, Exodus something that, you know, winds up making him, you know, uh, immobilized. And he winds up, you know, essentially blowing uh, hope into smithereens, so to speak. And that, that's essentially at the end of the issue. You know, he's gotten that part through all of these different chances. 
And again, now the five have been disturbed because hope is the magic glue that holds it all together. We kind of get, and we'll allude to that in issue 10. There's no slides here. We'll kind of talk about it a little bit, but that's really issue number nine. You know, his final attempt, he's able to make that happen. And that was nine. <laughs> now, again, I don't have, I, yeah, I don't have notes for 10. I read it during lunch today. I'm going to kind of pull it up on my end or whatever. So if you want to go on while I pull up my, uh, my, my book here. Yeah. So at this point, the quiet council is called in and I don't even know what they're called, but essentially the tactical team, which is led by the X-Men. I don't know if that's X-Force or whatever, but they, uh, they, they start off with the five, which is I think mimic psych or sync. I'm sorry. Um, egg or gold balls or whatever. Gold who balls. The eggs. Who, or whoever else. Anyway, <laughs> they make a point of like, there's enough people that like can manipulate, can copy powers that they have some redundancy, but somehow right. hope is important, but yet they still, they managed to resurrect her and all the people that are dead from the quiet council. So, right. Yeah. It's like so, Xavier and yeah. hope. And it was somebody else that died too. Emma nightcrawler or no Exodus. Yeah, Exodus, uh, Xavier, Hope, and Emma, maybe somebody else. So they essentially have the Quiet Council back, and then they they get Cyclops' team, which I think is the X-Men, and mm-hmm. they go to find Sinister, who is from some prior story back to kind of one of his things. And there is a there is a thing on here. They uh, they talk about Shaw batteries. <laughs> yeah. So so they the Shaw so if you know uh sebastian shaw's mutant power he converts uh kinetic energy into power so they show like in one of the earlier episodes there's like this starship that's powered by shaw batteries which has like all this flesh like grafted onto the ship and like as it moves <laughs> it generates power <laughs> so it's, and he's got all these like he's he throws this this monster this blob that has all these eyes and every one of them has cyclops powers and of he throws course. like psych, you know, a bunch of Proteuses at him. So he's just got like a library of these perverted mutants that he just keeps throwing at him. Mm-hmm. And they they're coming after him as he's trying to like set up his ship, presumably just to flee. And then um, they they kind of get a hold of him, but I I think he takes off in his ship. But they stop his ship, and they mm-hmm. take him back and they stick him in a hole. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this hole's been here and who else is in this hole, but. They take him back and stick him in a hole. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, again, like from eight to ten, it's like, oh, here's this like small story or whatever about this thing, and then nine and ten is like, mm-hmm. I mean, just all over the pages for two freaking books, and then you know, at this point, this is the this is literally the start of the sins of sinister. So this is the last immortal X Men book as we lead into the crossover, you know, next week is the first book of the sins of sinister. And then this book ends on a, uh, reveal like uh, it's, it's narrated in the thought boxes by what you would perceive to be Charles Xavier. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, that became clear somewhere in, but I was at the point where yeah, I, it I was not at the beginning. like, who needs to, who is this? Who's yeah. talking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Xavier is uh, going over this and, you know, kind of giving like an Xavier speech, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended. You know, he's kind of going over, you know, everything that has gone on to this point 
through the eye of himself and what his dream is and how that dream works about the coexistence. But was it really coexistence? And, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, there's a, a little bit going on there, but it completely gets turned and flipped upside down. By the way, like Sync being able to just mimic Wedgemacod's powers, that's ah, kind of fugazi, but whatever. The hope that, is like, hope is everything. Power. But hope oh, yeah. is everything. Yeah. So he can mimic everything. Like, okay, wait, what? So what if that were the case, if Sink could do it, then I mean they alluded to like, oh well, maybe he can't do it. But if he oh. could do it, then why do you just have Sink on the fight? But I think she still has to there's some like I'm not sure what the distinction is between their powers. Yeah. Um there's something special about her for sure, but I don't know Man. Well, how she's different. I mean, yeah. I think she's just comics. Yeah, oh, no. she's... she and Mimic and Sink all have the same powers. Correct. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine. So, but yeah, so the book goes on, and again, like I said, you have to pick up a little bit for me here because I read it, but I didn't like take it to the lab, so to speak, and I, I, I just. You know, I'm really kind of focused on the reveal at the end. So we're going to spoil the shit out of this if you haven't read it yet. So as we get to the end, as Xavier's essentially explaining everything that has gone on, as you refer to it in our text chain, man, it's some long-term booking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, allegedly, you know, as, uh, as Xavier takes the cradle off his head, He's got the diamond in the middle of his head. This is the first time I think we've seen him without the 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 cradle on. And he's got the diamond in there. And it's just like, wait, so maybe it did work. As alluded to back in issue number eight, that he had stuck his DNA into particular families of people that they thought to be important so he could take them over when they died. That means... He's been Xavier since AVX when Cyclops killed him. Yeah, it's this like that was my thing was like uh, because there's been any number of times. And if we went back to the lab, we'd probably see it like the whole idea of like Professor X has been under this mask for however long the Cerebro helmet was like, this is definitely odd, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. so that was my thing is like, I know he's probably had some like some Darth Vader scenes where he's like seen yeah. from behind or whatever. But if I, this is probably if this is the first time we've seen his face, then this is, you know, it suggests at least since, you know, shortly after Krakoa started, which is kind of what we we're talking about earlier is like mm-hmm. Sinister has, you know, this has been Sinister. And it's un- is this Sinister's influence, his progeny himself? It's unclear because sinister's cloning and dna business is so ambiguous mm. and and like i don't know where they're trying if this is clearly you know a xavier face or a sinister face because some of these you know some of the arts not script but i mean yeah, obviously the diamond it. is yeah there's definitely a connection here and if the implication is that the entire time everything we've seen attributed to this new xavier on krakoa is mm. sinister Wow, that's interesting. And particularly if now that Magneto has been doing, you know, so what what did Magneto know, right? And mm-hmm. is that why he left and this and that? So, but so yeah, it's 
if this was the payoff to some of those earlier stories, then this has now gotten really interesting. Yeah, I, and it, and again, next week is that RBR book to review. It will be the sins of Sinister, and you know the hope of this, no, no pun, pun intended, though. is that it's going to kind of reveal maybe a little bit more over the course of the series that we know. But when you look at the end of the book and you see like what books are coming up, it's like, oh yeah, you know, immortal X-Men, but it's going to become immoral X-Men. You know, it's, you know, in a kind of a, was it a age of apocalypse kind of way where the books kind of take like a different name turn and whatever. But do we have to read all those books to find out what happens? Like, that's what I'm concerned about. You know, yeah, the, like the, our, our yeah, brother side book. Yeah, <laughs> another side mission to figure out what happens or like, oh, you know, because I don't think the sins of Sinister is the sins of Sinister, I think, is a one shot. Like, I think that's the jumping on point. And then I think you have to go through some of the other books to try to figure oh, for it real? out. I think so. I don't think the sins of Sinisters is a mini. I don't believe so. I mean, you're going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure there's not like a Sins of Sinisters 1, 2, 3, and 4. I think it's one of those reading order situations where it's Sins of Sinister and then follow the story in Immoral X-Men number one. And then, you know, X-Men red, black, green, or gold. And then you got to do that. And so for us, yeah, um, I don't know about all that. But. I think there's going to be at least a thread through like uh, Immoral X-Men seems to be the book that'll be coming out the most. And so we'll be going through there. Because unless Sins yeah, of Sinister so, is. Yeah. No, you're right. This is some like some Age of Apocalypse stuff where they change all the books. And there's mm -hmm. a. Yeah. And there's. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it go. Yeah, so if you look at the Sins of Sinister reading list, you know, to kind of go through some of that for y'all if you're listening. Um, God almighty. I, you know, looking at some of the books that they had going through this is just ridiculous. So, yeah, so Sins of Sinister. And then, look, every book, every book repeats itself. So, you know, it goes to Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, which was X-Men Red. The Nightcrawlers. Uh, I refuse to read another Nightcrawler book. Refuse. Solo <laughs> book. If you put one Banff in front of my face, I will kill you dead. Kill you dead. So, but it seems like the Immoral X-Men and Storm and the Brotherhood book are the books. And then there's the the Sins of Sinister, like Omega book at the end there. So we'll we'll be picky and choosy on which ones that we read, you know, it's always better to just read the mainline book. It, it, immoral X-Men seems to be the mainline book, you know, so we'll kind of go through there and kind of check that out as it goes through this many. But I mean, again, if you take me back to Krakoa and House of X and Power of X, you know, I'm kind of interested. Like I'm kind of, you know, uh, it's, there, there's no way they've gotten what three years out of Krakoa at this point. You can't keep them there much longer. Like you can't like it's, it has a shelf life. So what's going to happen where this ideal, whatever thing, a world that they have gets destroyed. And then what's winds up putting them back in, you know, to the, you know, dealing with everybody else in six sixteen, because 
it just it's going to run its course. Like I, it probably already has. So I mean, well, I, does it? Are do they hold? Do they hold this until MCU and Krakoa? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That could not be that it. they care. Not that they care about the comics relative yeah. to the movies, but you know, I wonder. I wonder how much whatever the X-Men are going to look like in the MCU will dictate what the X-Men are going to look like in comics. I mean, I've been making this prediction for a while that when they do show up eventually, that they're probably going to be on Krakoa. Like, that's why we haven't seen them. Uh, They've been living. And I, you know, a a, a charm life on Krakoa, and it winds up getting brought back into it, probably because of the Eternals or something like that. That, Again, that Disney synergy is, they aren't making any mistakes. So there'll probably be something tied to the Eternals that winds up bringing them into the MCU movie mm-hmm. universe. In 2025, they say. Good grief, Kevin Feige. You better uh, pick up the pace because whew, 2025 is a long time away for me. But, I mean, again, I was intrigued by this when I started reading the Immortal X-Men book. I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, it's not like a kind of a standard boom-bam-biff comic book until you get to episodes 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all of that. And so I was like, all right, look, th- this, this might work. You know, I kind of overall, what'd you think of the three preview books for the sins of Sinister? Um, the, the one I didn't read that would kind of flip through and you were talking to number eight seemed the most interesting. Um, but in, in aggregate, the immortal X-Men, um, and sinister story i think it's, it's it's interesting it held my attention and i was trying to figure it out you know because we've seen snippets of him where it's like what you know he was at one point one of their big bads and he's this kind of clown now yeah um and so it's it's interesting and it, it shows that you know there's a lot there they they leave a lot of his like it's not even really his powers but just his morality and his science or whatever you know are really kind of key to his strength Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see him as a different kind of villain, but a villain that can like carry the entire plot line, I think is, is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, it was interesting for me to read the immortal X-Men again, as, 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 you know, a kind of a small scope, because it really is just a lot of the actions of the quiet council mm-hmm. and, and hold my attention for a handful of books. So it, it, it I'm, this even though it does jump around and there's a lot of stuff going on is at least a body of work that kind of moves what i feel like is the main thread forward um the house and powers thread forward and sort of continues to tell the story of this world they built so i i'm not disappointed for sure yeah i i I, i'm like these aren't bad books like the danger becomes like, okay, so these aren't bad. You know, let me go read that X-Men book with Cyclops. Ooh, no, maybe not. I, I, cause that, that was one of the ones, cause they got LaRaz to come back and do one of those books. Mm-hmm. I think with Jerry Dugan uh, as the writer. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go get this. I like literally went out to the store and get it. And I'm like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to read this book. And maybe the first two, cause it was like Cyclops, Gambit, Rogue. I can't remember the full team right now, but then, oh, oh God. Is that where he he became like Captain whatever, Captain Krakoa? Uh, Maybe, I don't remember, but I know um, 
Oh God, the villain at the end of like the second issue was um, dang, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's an X Men or X Men, a Fantastic Four villain. Oh, he's like a robot. God damn it, I can't remember. Pink suit runs real fast. Picks his navel. The wizard? No, like he's like a robot though. Damn it. Oh, I can't remember now. I, I feel bad. But whenever you see him in a story, you're like, oh, my God, this fucking guy. And I was like, why is he in an X-Men book? And so I was like two, maybe three issues in. I was like, nope, we're good. And I just ba- I bailed. I just I, the X-Men can be so disappointing at this point yeah. in time. Like I said, I, I'll go back and listen to our House and Power stuff. And like, man, I remember being this happy pre-freaking COVID. And being happy with a comic book. And, you know, maybe the shipping delays and X of Swords would have killed it for me. There's just no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no way. So, but all right, y'all. So that's it. We'll be back next week with The Sins of Sinister, the uh, alpha book, to kind of go through that to see what we get. Uh, again, I, I want some kind of answers. You know, if this Moira shenanigans is his thing from the beginning, okay. Has how long has he been in Charles's body? That's a pretty good question. I would like to know if that's just, you know, or retconning or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested in moving forward. So, all right. Your Bed Finds podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Uh, just search Brothers Comics. And we'll, not sure how many episodes this season will be, but we'll definitely get through the Alpha and the Omega books of Sins of Sinister to try to figure out something about that. I, I, I don't see us jumping onto another monthly X-Men book, though. <laughs> not sure i mean yeah we'll find out i mean <laughs> this is a new kind of crossover it's like choose your own adventure crossover <laughs> like oh yeah here's the start and then you go decide what you want to read next yeah. and do you want to read the night crawlers and the bamps and turn uh, to page 49 oh yeah. my god no thank you all right so uh yeah so we'll be back next week we've been on a pretty solid schedule here y'all three weeks in a row all i'm saying all I'm saying. It also might have to do with the other person not necessarily being on the calls and not being in charge of the links being sent out and all of that kind of stuff. But we I, I was for sure you were asleep tonight, though, to be fair. No, I was good to go. Right. I had all of my notes ready. I was fired up. I just had to go pick up my kid work. Okay. Awful. Not picking her up from work, but whatever. All right. So, uh, yeah, so as the X-Men animated music plays us out on the podcast side, we will see y'all uh, next week for the Sins of Sinister number one. I'm the producer. I'm signing off. Peace, everybody. Say goodnight, bro. Oh, I, I, I thought you were just about to come. So I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.